welcome to God Shots. We have the most amazing guest today, my good friend, Grace Fraga. Grace is a Latina comedian, actress, producer, lifestyle guru, and cancer survivor, and a best-selling author. Inducted into the National Comedy Hall of Fame in 2020, the bilingual beauty, Puedo Contar Con Alguien en Inglés y Español, Oh, I'm reading the Spanish version. Right. Has appeared on stage at the Comedy Store, the Improv, the Laugh Factory, and more. Guest starred on every online platform and TV network that you'll that will have her, which is everyone, and has dished out relationship therapy in three best-selling books. She has an amazing story of overcoming cancer. She lost all her hair during chemo, and I'll let her tell you that part of the story. Her website is State of Grace, and she is a marvelous, amazing human being, one of the most unusual stories I've ever heard, and inspirational beyond belief. And she's out there every night and every day doing comedy, and she, she uplifts people, and this is what we need in the world right now. So welcome to the show. I want to introduce you to Grace Fraga, our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so long since I talked to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I know. You were one of the people that were there for me through my cancer journey, and I am eternally grateful. You were just a total angel. Well, you're an angel to me. Thank you for, I wish I'd been more there. For two years, we weren't really leaving the house much during COVID. I wasn't leaving the house because, you know, during my cancer journey, when you do chemo, the nurse was like, you know, you have to be careful because when you're doing chemo, a cold can kill you. I was like, great. You know, they're going to be like, she died. She sneezed. Oh really? <laughs> I was like, that's not how I want to go. So I stayed home, girl. Like my home was just like my prison, but in a good way. Yeah. So I didn't leave the house almost. It was, and whenever like my caregiver, you know, the, my best friend who came here to take care of me, she would be wearing a mask and six feet apart. Like that's how crazy. Yeah. Right. Did we you get COVID? COVID? Never. Knock on wood. <laughs> Never. I would like to introduce myself to you. I'm Darlene Sperlaza Anthony. I am co-host with Lydia on God Shots. I'm super excited to hear your story. And what's really interesting is my best friend had cancer also at the same exact time. So yeah. it's it's amazing to me that I'm going to get to hear your story. And I was actually Cindy's caretaker. So this is super, yeah, yeah. So super close to my heart. I love it. Thank you for taking care of your friend. That's like so important in this journey to have somebody, A, who cares and loves you unconditionally, who tells you how beautiful you are, bald, looking like death. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you look in the mirror, it's like, is that death? Hello, <laughs> knocking on my door. You're pale, oh my. dark circles, bald. Uh, and feeling so weak, like, you know, I experienced for the first time how it feels to be like a hundred year old person. I'm not kidding. I'm sure your friend, you know, had the same yes. experience, right? Yes, and, exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, we need someone like you, you know, who uplifts us and, you know, just is there telling us it's everything is going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're going to be on the other side. You're going to be great because it is a very tough um journey. I don't call it a fight because I cancer is your own body producing these cells, right? They're fast growing. So yeah. you know how people say I fight cancer or F cancer. I'm like, no, I'm not fighting myself or effing myself. Not Good for you. <laughs> you know, so Good. yeah. 
so I always called it my cancer healing journey. And I always looked at the myself, you know, time is, is kind of like an illusion, really. Everything is all happening at the same time, right? The past, present, and future. So I saw myself as perfectly healed, perfectly healthy, constantly. Like I know I'm feeling awful and I look awful, but I know I'm perfectly healthy. I claimed it every single day. Oh, thank God. That's wonderful. And yeah. I'm sure in that process, if it was anything like the journey that Cindy and I had, there was just immense God shots that happened. Oh, girl. Yes. I mean, I'm excited to hear yours. I'm excited to share ours. And for people that are listening, that are going through this journey with themselves or with somebody else, I'm so glad you're tuned in because this is a very, very important subject. It really is. Because did you know that in the 1950s, only 5% of people had a bout with cancer, right? Really? In 2021, 50% of Americans have or had or will have a bout with cancer. Why? 50%. What is the uh, reason I, for that, do you think? My, my personal opinion, after all the research I did when I had time during chemo, <laughs> that was all I did was Google. I was like, Google queen. I personally believe it is the food. Um, companies care all about making money and they don't care about the quality of the food that we eat. And we are working so hard or doing stuff. We're distracted and we're not really researching what's really in the food. 90% of the food has carcinogenic elements in it. Uh, organic food, you need to eat organic. If you don't eat organic, you're eating pesticides. Even if you put them, you know, with disinfect them with vinegar or whatever, you're still eating pesticides. Cleaning products. I change all my cleaning products. I used to have allergies all the time. Now I don't. I have plant-based mm. cleaning products. Wow. Makeup, creams that you put in your body, everything, all of them, I'm telling you, 90% of the products have carcinogenic elements. It is. And I think that's why um, if you go by epigenetics, if you have the gene for cancer, right? A predisposition, if the environmental elements like the food and, and, you know, the air, the cleaning products mm -hmm. that those elements can wake up that DNA and be like, oh, we're, they're feeding the DNA of cancer, so to speak. So I'm a firm believer in epigenetics. Yeah. You do have the gene, but you can actually change the course of your life. Like if, if I wanted to avoid cancer, I'm doing everything to avoid recurrence right now, everything in my power. And if anybody has any questions, you know, about my research, I'll be happy to share my information. Well, that's wonderful because I've known people that have done their own research and ended up going like all over the world for different types of treatment um, that has been successful. And so th this is, this is a whole unknown and I'm a practitioner. Oh, yes. I'm a nurse practitioner. And so when I see the cancer epidemic, if you will, it's kind of like we have been spending a lot, I mean, receiving a lot of money from donations and cancer breastwalks and that type of thing. And why haven't we found the solution to this yet? Yeah. That's puzzling to me, you know? Money, money. It's all about money. Make You're that exactly money. Correct. They care. They really, we have to be our own health advocates. Correct. Because if not, nobody, nobody will do it for you. I'm telling you, it's, I went vegan, by the way, and just pure organic foods because animals they put hormones in the animals right 
Yeah. Hey, I had hormone receptive cancer. So what if those hormones imitate estrogen, right? Or whatever they feed the cancer. I'm not putting that in my body. Oh, wow. That's I never even thought about that yeah. actually. Well, you know, when you look at even, and you take it even away from the cancer realm and you look at young girls and, you know, the age now that they start into puberty versus years yeah. ago, it's hormonal. A hundred percent. And, and why are the animals getting hormones? Because it's causing them to grow faster. So you can produce more and you're back to the money chain. <laughs> the giant turkeys, you know, yeah. those yep. overly, those 25 pound turkeys. They're not, not natural, are they? Not at all. They, you know, uh, they're hormones and they're and antibiotics because they yeah. grow in farms and stuff. Even salmon, they, the farms, we, you know, they grow salmon. They, they have poop. They eat their own poop. I'm not kidding. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. <laughs> I was having salmon tonight. No, I know. I'm sorry. No, uh, but well, Grace, you know, let, me, let me ask you a question with all of this said. So you were in a very difficult position. It's very frightening when to hear yeah. that word, to hear the C word to me is one of the most frightening things that a person can hear. Oh, and I was with my sister-in-law and because I was also with my sister-in-law who was 34 when she got the diagnosis of breast cancer. And when the surgeon looked at me after the, the exploratory and said, this is terminal, I'm a practitioner. And I'm going, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know exactly what I mean. And it was just an 11, that one that happened 10 years ago was an 11 month journey that was just incredibly hard. So my question for you, one of my first questions is when you get that kind of news and basically at least for me, I froze. Yeah. Like I didn't even know how to speak anymore, really, because it was like, yeah. what do you say to somebody? Right. What advice would you give that you've been through that you would say this helps? Well, if that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, my personal experience was, you know, of course, when they call me in, you know, because usually when it's negative, they even forget to call you sometimes. And you're like, dude, what oh was my biopsy like? Was it okay? Oh my and so they yeah. called me on a Friday to go there Monday. Of course, my weekend was ruined because I was obsessing. I'm like, I have to have cancer. They call me in, you know? And so I go there and uh, the doctor, I'm like, is it? And he's, yes. And I said, <laughs> you know, that was the first because I was like, I knew it, but just to hear it. And so the first thought that came to my mind was, okay, Grace, don't get emotional because you need to ask questions right now. So I turned my emotions off. I didn't cry or anything. And I asked intelligent questions. Okay. And then he was talking about, well, we need to do reconstruction. I was like, oh my God, they're going to take my boob out. What, 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 what's happening? You know, it's like so mm. much information you have cancer, your boob, you're going to, they're going to mutilate you. <gasps> what? what? What's okay. This is a nightmare, but you know, my advice to people is when you get that diagnosis, just even though I know you want to scream and you want to cry and you just want to like, I don't know anything, just get grounded and ask intelligent questions because you are your own health advocate and you need to know everything. And if you can't do that, definitely go with someone that you trust. So that person, if you cry or whatever reaction you have, the other person can ask the questions and take notes and hear it and then convey the information to you. 
So that would be my advice. Who did you bring with you? And I remember you were dating someone at the time that didn't oh. show up, right? What happened with that? Well, that's, I always, I have a chapter in the book I'm writing called My Three Boobs, and he's one of them. <laughs> She's a comedian. I love her. I love you, Grace. <laughs> I love you too, girl. Thank you, laugh. Makes me laugh. So, you know, uh, that's a whole story. <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, just, I'm going to make it short. And this actually is something that happens to a lot of women who lose their breast. Okay. Who have mastectomies, their husbands leave them because they can't handle it. Oh my yeah. God. Some men are deeply shallow, aren't they? Oh my God. Oh yeah. It was so bad. And I just started dating this guy. Right. And so he was a boob guy and I have big boobs. And so he was all about the boobs and the long blonde hair. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, when we got the diagnosis, I felt him pulling away. Right. And he wanted to be a good guy. So he wanted to like, kind of be there for me, but I know he was scared and I understand all that. And I gave him three times, three outs, like, listen, I've seen my father go through chemotherapy. He died. He was stage four. Mm -hmm. I know what's coming to me. I know. And it is not easy. And he was like, no, you know, I'll be there for you. And I would never do that to someone I'm seeing. And uh, I had surgery. He didn't show up at the hospital. My friends did. Uh, he came to visit 10 days after my surgery uh, with some stinky ass flowers. And uh, he came here for an hour because he had to go to Disneyland the next day. He had to wake up early. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know, in reality, that can be very painful. Mm -hmm. It's a very painful situation. Thank you. Yes. yes, absolutely. My friends hate him so bad. Oh, I don't say anything mean about him, but my friends are like, oh, oh. my, I can't even repeat what they say about him. Oh my God. They're like, wow, wow. Just, yeah. And he, instead of confronting me, he kind of like stood me up like seven times because I like made, yeah, I was just pushing it to see how, how many times he would be a chicken, right? Oh, and uh, yeah, and then he was like, well, you know, I don't feel the romantic connection. I'm like, yeah, two days before the surgery, you felt romantic, bitch. Oh my uh, God. I'm so yeah, sorry. right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but who's bitter? No. <laughs> <laughs> bitter much? <laughs> oh, honey, I can't believe you went through that and you're still smiling. What I was so astounded by was your incredible gratitude you said something, I wrote it down. I wrote it down when I spoke to you. You said, I'm grateful I had cancer. Yes. And tell me why, because you said you felt grateful for life. Yes. Well, when you're in these situations, you can go to routes, right? I was like, okay, I can be miserable and hopeless, or it can be joyful and hopeful, right? And so I chose to be joyful in spite of this situation being so rough, especially physically. And of course, emotionally, because you get PTSD after this, for sure. Wow. Oh, yeah, I still have it. Um, so I chose that route and gratitude. It's like, OK, I could be dead. You know, 25% uh, of people don't make it through chemo. I could die. Uh, I made it through chemo. I made it through radiation. The last time I had radiation all of a sudden it hit me like I made it. And I started wow. crying and like, I made it. I, made, I was like so happy. 
and crying just like ah it was so joyful but i think that if if anybody that's going through this you keep a joyful attitude you keep a positive attitude and most importantly like you said lydia gratitude be grateful for everything you know be grateful for the friends that stick by you be, be grateful for the treatment that you're able to get yeah for the doctors for the food that you're able to eat uh, for the the chemo working you know mm. so if you stay on gratitude and I do that every day, I wake up and I go to sleep saying thank you to the universe for everything, you know, whatever comes to my mind. And I think that that actually does something to your body. Yes. Um, they say, and this is very interesting, that the soul, you know, the aura, that's your soul, right? Mm -hmm. And they say that it's not that your soul is in your body, but your body is in your soul. So your right. soul is bigger and more powerful right. eternal because it never dies oh my god I love that that's so yeah, true you know, right that, and so yeah. my soul can tell my body what to do and can can nourish it like thank you for working I talk to my body to every cell has intelligence talk to your body mm -hmm. when you're going through something like this just tell your body thank you for working for me thank you for killing those cancer cells I'm going to help you in any way I can just let me know you know give me a sign wow. if you need anything you know it's my vegan diet helping you and I, I promise you and I know people are going to put me in a loony band but like I hear my body like yes thank you thank you for this food it's so good <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow. if we're all going to the loony bin together, Grace. Because oh, yes. <laughs> I totally believe in this. It's inside of my head all the time. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Right? The thing is, I talk back to them. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. You have to be your own cheerleader because actually yes. it's so true that no problem can be solved at the same level it was created on. You have to go to a higher level in your thoughts, spiritual. Einstein said that. Okay. Einstein. Yeah, you can't fight fire with fire. You can't cure alcoholism with more alcohol and drugs. You can't, your medicine works, but you have to change your attitude. And, and how do you do that though? If you're depressed, that's something we have. I believe it's actually the act of, of taking the leap of belief that yes. you can do it. That act, just act as if until, yes. you can get, until you can feel it until you act mm -hmm. as if walk around pretending I feel great or I'm going to be great. I have hope. That is yes. the secret. And it's really hard for people to do that because they want to face reality. I don't want to face any reality that I don't like. Exactly. My reality is, is, is my own reality and it's a magical reality. You know, yes, and we create our own reality if you think about it. Yeah, totally. Stuff outside, right? But you might see uh, that my couch is ugly. I see it as beautiful. You, okay. Marlene, might be like, it's okay. It's the same couch, but we all have a different reality about right. it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, and yes, and I believe that if you're positive and if, it, and I, I don't want to say positive, but if you're joyful and grateful, yeah, because uh, positive and negative is a judgment, you know, uh, joyful and, and peaceful yeah. and, and grateful is a vibrational, you know, field kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, I believe that, you know, quantum physics, like everything is happening at the same time. Right. And you yep. can the outcome. So once I realized that, and I know, again, they're going to put me in a loony bin. We'll go there together, the three of us. I don't know if you want to join us, Lydia. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm already there, by the way. Okay, you're already there. Good. They're knocking on my door right now, but I'll ignore them. So I believe that you can choose the timeline, you know, and if you keep 
at, at saying, oh my God, this cancer, it's going to kill me. It's going to kill me. Then you're choosing that timeline. If you're like, I'm grateful for everything I have. Thank you. Universe, God, source, divine intelligence, whatever you want to call a creation in whatever you believe in and whatever, God. Yeah. Yeah, God, you know, whatever you believe in, just call onto you that reality because we, we have the power to create our own reality. Totally. More than we know. Actually, I believe the actual mechanism of deciding to choose that higher belief or that better belief or that joyful belief is the actual alchemy that changes the reality. It's when you make the choice to see some people walk through life going, ah, it's just a, just a coincidence. No, to me, it's, it's an absolute astounding coincidence that isn't random. And when I made that choice to see it that way, my reality changed, my joy changed, my energy changed. When yes. you say quantum physics, it means we are all energy. Yes. It's what our viewpoint is that determines our reality. And it's, it's, it's a practice. You got to get there through practice, practice mm -hmm. prayer and meditation. Absolutely. And every, do it every day, you know, every and it's day. love is, yeah. Love is the highest vibrant, highest energy you can aspire to love. Love is creation, isn't it? Yeah. Loving your enemies, loving the, 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 the crap you're going through, blessing yeah. this cancer yeah. going, I had a horrible day, but I'm going to have a crack in my coffee cup. I love it. I'm so grateful. I have a coffee cup. You know, it's totally. like finding every little thing to be grateful for. It is a practice. You can't just magically say, I'm going to feel positive today. You have to practice these steps, I think. What do you think, Darlene? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of positivism. Um, I also get negative. And believe me, when I get those negative vibes going on, I can bring everybody down around me. And I have, to, I have to reset. You know, it's just not a good place to be. And so I really try to focus on that. And I do a lot of work. Um, I do a lot of work towards being positive, but you know, one of the things I want to share grace, because I'm sure that you've had experiences when we talk about God shots, when my sister-in-law was going through what she was going through, um, and, and she was 34 years old. Mm -hmm. And when I took her to the doctors for the very first time, yeah. I noticed that there was a penny in my foot. So I picked it up and I thought, well, there's a penny. So I stuck it in my pocket, right? And I started noticing that pennies were showing up everywhere. And if wow. you know, if you know that thing, pennies from heaven, right? And for those people listening, I mean, I just pay attention to these kind of things, like probably more than normal people. But here's what happened after the fact, which was just so bizarre. I went into church on an afternoon and I had somebody with me and I go in and there's just two of us and we're sitting in the stark church before church is actually starting. And you don't have to go to church, but it's where I went to find some peace and solitude, right? I did not take a person with me. I did not have pockets. There was no reason for me to have anything. And I always wore a bracelet on my left arm. So I'm kneeling and I'm, I'm just praying and I'm praying and I'm praying for God's will, the outcome, help, whatever I could say, you know, like, I don't like this. It sucks. What I was just saying everything, because I believe in talking very open and honest to the higher power because he knows everything anyway, right? And um, when I was done, I leaned back and the person with me knew the whole penny story, right? And I leaned back and put my hands on the pew to scoot myself back. And I felt the palm of my hand and I thought, oh, my bracelet broke. And it was like discouraging to me. And I went like this. There was a penny in the palm of my hand. What? <laughs> there, was, there was no penny on that pew when I sat down. Oh, weird. And that is wild. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And I was like stunned. Oh my God. That's just one of many. Yeah, many I've had a lot of them. Shots. And that's kind of what I like talking about a lot is yeah. those things that there is no explanation for. Yeah. You can either blow them off or you can really dig into them and figure it out. And so I've dug into it to figure it out. You know, like I want to know people's God shots. I want to hear about it because yeah. I just think there's definitely power in prayer and we have access to the power. Yes. And and, and, it, and it gives, it gives hints and clues all the time. Like, But the here. fun part is I'm that here. part. <laughs> Yes. The fun part is the magic. I I know it sounds like a Disneyland experience, but I've had those things where I go, see, I need that. For some reason, I need those neon signs because I'm very childlike and very immature. And I got those right away. When I first, when I had my traumatic, you know, my near death experience of being literally almost dying and of suicidal depression. And the day before I went in and surrendered and raised my hand in my first 12 step meeting, I had a magical, mind-boggling, supernatural coincidence that was in incontrovertible. There's no denouncing it, denying it. It was, and I went, am I on hidden camera show? Is this a joke? <laughs> the woman had my identical story. It was like, I've never heard it since or before. And I went, oh my God. And then I started looking for those. And my belief, my leap of belief created more and more and more of this joy. So it is an actual leap of belief. You can't be a cynic. And cynics were a tri- were an ancient sect of Greeks who walked around peeing on works of art. They peed on people's dreams. The cynic <laughs> is a jaded asshole who just says, ah, fuck, you know, I don't believe in anything. Believe, yeah. believe in the magic of the universe and it will give you back your dreams. Absolutely. It's, so, it's really fun to try this as an experiment in life. But and you did it, Grace. And that's why I find you fascinating, Grace, because you've walked through the fire You've yes. experienced God shots, which is, I'm so excited to hear some of yours to st- sit here today to tell people that the poisons that are in the food, that they, the hormones, the stuff you've got messages and it's awesome. So tell mm. us about God shots. So, yeah. Tell us more about your experience and how you live every day and how you overcome. Sure. Uh, you said, and I'm, I know I have ADHD, so I went all the way to, but going back to like, I'm grateful for cancer. See, I remember still. Uh, so that was the beginning of like, I, I went on a sidebar probably. Um, but being grateful for cancer is another God shot. It's the fact that if I didn't have cancer, I would still be living more in my ego and my lower self. Um, and cancer really just it's almost like ka-ching <laughs> like it just brought me I, it, I took the elevator from my lower self to my higher self and and kind of stayed there in the penthouse so every time I have like a lower self egoic um, feeling or or thought I'm like okay that's coming from my ego I acknowledge you I accept you I I love you However, I'm going to take the elevator to the penthouse and I'm going to come from that part of me and not the lower part of me and, you know, respond to this person from my higher self and not my lower self. So that was a huge thing for me that it allowed me to be connected to my higher self and where you have love, forgiveness, joy, enlightenment. And I, that, like you said, Lydia, you know, it, it kind of opens some kind of door, a window or something, a magical window where you are so much more connected to everything. Like now it's insane. I think about somebody and they text me. Oh, I think yeah. about like, it's 
nonstop. Like it's it's just normal to me. Like if that doesn't happen, I'm like, knock, knock. <laughs> I'm not in the penthouse oh, wow. anymore or something. Um, so that was a huge, you know, it was a spiritual growth. And so I, I always say, you know, you know how they say that we uh, kind of plan our lives, we choose our lives. So I probably went, hey, I'll sacrifice my right boob to get enlightenment. <laughs> oh, the altar. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And my wow. right boob, I lost it. And, uh, you know, I gained so much more. It's just part of my body, really. And I don't need it to walk anyway. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. The ego, it's funny, I was writing about how I want to overcome my lower nature. It's like a really low place to hang out. But it is true because our lower nature is ego fueled and it's materialistic and and it dies quickly. It's temporary. It's oh, like absolutely. it ages I and you can't enjoy yeah. life when you're living in that. How do but, I look? How do I approve? How do people approve of me? Me, 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 me. Who cares? And that's when you, when we live in that lower self, we do care about what people think, yeah. which is so dependent because the moment they say, oh, you're ugly, you're stupid. You're like, oh no, I'm ugly and stupid. Where if you live in your higher self, it's like, I love myself. I, I love humanity because to love yourself is to love humanity because yeah. we are all one. Right. Right. So when, when we live in that uh, space, I don't even care what people think of me. You know, it's like if a guy, I tell guys when I go on a date, listen, I have my boobs are in two different zip codes. <laughs> here, the other one is way on my waist. So, hey, you know, if you can't handle that, I'm cool with that. This is who I am, dude. Um, you know, I don't even care anymore. I don't care what people say about me. Wow. I don't, it's like, it's so irrelevant. And wow. it really speaks more about the other person than about you because they're reflecting themselves in, in you and they're seeing something about themselves that they don't like about themselves mm. or that they're afraid of, right? Yeah. Uh, and so so I'm like, you know, whenever I care, when and my, I'm in my lower self, I'm like, mm-mm, penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I stay there. How is it? Yeah, go ahead, darling. Sorry. I was just going to say one of the things I want to say for our audience, because for the longest time, it took me forever because people talk about ego and I'm like, what are we talking about? Right. And then one day somebody just said, edging God out E G O. And I thought there it is. Now I understand it, you know? And so when we're in ego, we're just edging God out. We're not living to our fullest potential exactly. and, and caring about what other people think and what other people have to say about you. And that has that for personally, for me has taken a long time to get beyond what other people think. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a it long time. Absolutely. And if you look at all spiritual, um, you know, not religions, I hate to say religions, but uh, spiritual philosophies or whatever, mm -hmm. it's all about love. And even in the Bible, it says God is love. So that means that love is God. And when we're saying God, the kingdom of God is in you. In so us. It's mm -hmm. you. You are God. And I know a lot of people are going to like kill me for this but you're God. So you are love. So you have all of that inside you, but they made us believe that God is outside, outside of, of us. Some old man right. in the sky with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had sex with Tommy. Well, we're the expression of divine love. And if, if God is love, then if God's the sun, we're the rays. In other words, we express this yes. love. We're all part of the one. 
We're all one, really. Yes. yes. We're all. It was beautiful. I like that. Part yeah. the rays of the sun. Very nice. It's a good yes. way to metaphor. I I, yes. Jim Carrey the other day on on Instagram, I saw Jim Carrey say his spiritual guru is a guy I can't remember his name, Jim Foster, and he said, "Whenever you're depressed, think of it this way: you need deep rest." depressed yes. deep rest and it's, you need deep rest from the avatar you've created that shows the world is this fake person you're always performing for for the world yes. but if you could stop performing for the approval of the world which is just like you in the bible it would be the the worldly belief yes. um and just go with what you know the highest instinct is which is I, the god particle the god yes. part of you or the good part of you or the higher part of you just be real, be authentic, be yourself, be what you're doing right now, Grace. You're actually living that. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I want to get there. I'm not there yet. I'm very self-conscious at times. I'm like, I kvetch, I moan and groan. And then I get off my, and then I, I go, whenever yeah. I go through a hardship, like I can't compare it to cancer, but I, the hardships I've had in life, they've honed my mission really quickly and they've gotten me to a higher level. Mm -hmm. So every bad thing has the seed of something way greater in it. Absolutely. And if you look at it, you know, when, when I lost my breast, cause I was known for like the long blonde hair and the big boobs, right? That was my thing. And so when I lose, I lost the hair and the boobs. I was like, is this a joke? God, like, oh. seriously? <laughs> are you taking my brand away from me? Okay. So, uh, so I realized, you know, it's like the bodies are so you can lose your body at any moment, but I cannot lose my soul. My soul is eternal, eternal, eternal. die, right? It's going to go to another dimension uh, that I, we can't see, but there is another dimension. There are many dimensions, billions of dimensions. Many mansions. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going back to our source and where we came from. So mm. why am I going to worry about what people think? And, and it happens at, when you're in the entertainment business, Lydia, you know, like, a lot of people take pictures when you do a stand-up comedy show and you're like, bitch, don't post that. I look fat. And then I'm like, you know what? That's how I look right now. Screw it. Okay. Oh, I love that. I look like shit. That's okay. That's good. That's oh, I wish I could get there because TMZ took a picture of me looking like a psychopath one day no. because it went with the article about Ida Stalker who um, they called him a psychopath in the article. And they had to put a picture that matched it. And then I got hate mail that said, she looks so ugly. She deserves oh. to have her face, face bashed in. TMZ, they, they pick the worst wow. picture they can of you on the red carpet where you happen to be sneezing or looking the other way. or, And yeah. they try to make it look as ugly as possible. They do that all the time to actors. Jesus. And so you go, oh, geez, that's really hateful, you know? And, and I let that, I internalized that for many years. It was like a lot of, I was scared to go out in public and, you know? Who cares? It's like but you have gotten the solution now because you don't care anymore. Who cares? I don't care. I show I go on a date. I'm like, look, this one is here, this one is there. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You like it? Let's save me time, please. And just don't great. talk to me. And it just I'll go home. I'm happy at home being by myself. That's another God shot. Another thing I learned to love my own company. Love wow. my own. how did you do that, Grace? That is such an elusive thing to do. How did you do that? I, to be honest, I don't have like a practical thing. I think because I dwell more in my higher self, mm. I, I have a lot of peace and joy, regardless of what's going on around me. I had to learn to have that in the middle of cancer treatment, because it's not the cancer, 
it's the treatment. Yeah. It's as you know, you know, it it's literally killing your fast growing cells. That's why we lose our hair. Yeah. Okay. I got free Brazilian for like months. <laughs> I did not have to wax anymore. <laughs> I lost hairs everywhere. I had no hairs. I was bald and white as paper and looked like a 95-year-old alien. Seriously. It was like awful. Oh my God. Uh, so, you know, when, when you're by yourself and you're dwelling in that, I, I had to learn how to dwell in that place in the, in the penthouse where there's only peace and joy and whatever other people think doesn't matter. It, it's all about loving yourself, loving your body, loving who you are. And it's also about, you know, the self-love. Somebody said um, on my podcast the other day, it's like when you love yourself, you fill the cup, right? And then it overflows. And that's when you can love and help others. So first you got to love and help yourself, be with yourself. And then that as a consequence of that, it's going to overflow and you're going to love and help others. It's a universal kind of love, a godly kind of love, not romantic, filial love or whatever. It's, it's just that just love for humanity because I am humanity. I love myself. So I love humanity, even when they're being mean and nasty and they're saying horrible things mm -hmm. because I see the goodness in them and I see the God in them. I see there, they have all of us have a higher self. We just choose sometimes to dwell in the lower self and be led by, you know, lower emotions, lower vibrational emotions like anger and fear and shame and guilt, you know, that doesn't lead anywhere but destruction. So, yeah. Let me ask you this, Grace, just a quick question. So when you get to that place of the love overflowing that you're speaking about and you love yourself and you love your fellow man, truly love your fellow man, does it sadden you to see certain things that are going on? Um, you know, just, I, I don't even know what particular yeah. things, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe, the, or maybe all the kids that are doing fentanyl would be something or, or the mass shootings. Answer. How about that? When I see that and I see a bald child going through, I ball, I just can't because mm -hmm. and now I know physically and personally what they're going through. I, I just cry. My empathy has increased yes. like yes. to ridiculous amounts where I have to be careful because I, you know, it can affect me, but okay. it's just that love for humanity and especially children, you know, just children and older people. I just, you know, they're more uh, defenseless, so to speak. And, you know, the, the children are like innocent and beautiful. And, mm -hmm. and so I have so much compassion for anybody that's going through any pain or, or sorrow or grief or anything. It's just, yeah, me too. Oh, you I know. Yeah. Words, compassion and empathy that now, you know, like since I've got on this journey and I'm on this different bus, I'm on a bus that a lot of people don't get on, you yeah. know? but th then when you see the homeless people, for example, mm -hmm. you no longer think, oh, they're just trying to make money off of me or whatever. You actually realize that you are one choice away from being that person. Yes. 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 Yeah. And that's hard when you see life that way and you're around a lot of people that don't, they look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yes. 
you're, no. you're one step away from cancer, from homelessness, from anything that could be us. And so what you're doing is you're seeing yourself in humanity right. and not saying, oh, that's them. You know, I'll never be homeless. I'll never have cancer. I'll never. No, you're like, you know, this could be me because we're all one and we're all there's endless possibilities that can happen to anything can happen to anybody. Yeah, Nobody that's why we the deepening of your spirit when you do go through trials if the one outcome of it is that you become more compassionate toward others, maybe that's the key. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's happening. I'm pre- I don't want that happening anymore. I've had enough of that because I'm overly yeah. compassionate at times yes. to where I weep too much for children. But then I realize everyone has their own higher power and their own journey yeah. and they all have to find their own so-called salvation. Everybody has to do it. Them- they don't do it alone. Yes. You need helpers along the way. Absolutely. But, yes. but we all have to go through something. You know, yeah. if it's not poverty, it's it's sickness. If it's not that, it's rejection. It's strange. The mortal realm is simply full of little of detours and, and stones and rocks. And and we're here to learn one thing, I think, is to overcome our selfishness and yeah. to learn to help others. A hundred percent. That's yeah, you know, I always said I'm here to love and help others, but that was an intellectual thing. Yeah. Like I kind of knew it and I put it out there. But after cancer, it's like, I know that's my mission. I know we're all here to love and help others. Like there's no questioning that for me. Like you can come up with any logical reject, you know, debates or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) It's like, I know that's what I'm here for. And uh, that's what I'm going to practice. It's been a gift for you in a strange way. I hate to say, I mean, people don't get that until they get it, but it's a gift. I look at my alcoholism, my alcoholic journey of Mm -hmm. being a radioactive drop dead drunk and then the the astounding recovery in one day that magical miracle that happened to me i go that is a gift i look at it every day as a gift i love and i know darlene does too because she also had the journey oh wow yes and that's how i mean i will just share this with you grace because i know that we've never met and we've never had the opportunity to talk but when lydia and i first met i didn't like her (laughs) (laughs) never She, she had said, I I received, I live in, I live on the East coast. She lives on the West coast. I have a website called God shots. She had the trademark for that. I didn't know any of this, right? Oh, wow. My lawyer. Don't blame me. Blame my lawyer. I get a a letter from an attorney that says cease and desist. And it's about taking my website down. And I'm like, well, what's this about? Well, anyway, long story short, I end up getting back to her. She tells me what she's doing. I still know her name. I don't know who she is. And she tells me her name. I still don't know who she is. And so afterwards, she says, well, can I meet with you next week? And I'm still thinking she wants me to take down my website. And I hang up and I'm like, who is this bitch? It was (laughs) I get on the internet and I look and what do I see? But this beautiful actress with her hands on this star. And I'm going, what just happened to me? You know, it's like, and so we just, and we connected and it's a beautiful thing. And we just, we we get together and we talk about this and a friendship has developed. I'm meeting all kinds of, we decided to become partners in the thing. In yeah, the I love that. So then you meet beautiful people like you, and it's just been the most, <laughs> the, the best gift ever. You know, started in a very weird way. But when you really think about it, both of us, she had trademarked the word God shots. I had just thought I'd come up with it on my own. I always, wow. And to come together across a nation 
has Insane. just been an amazing journey. That is so magical. cool. And, yeah. and to meet other people, to get to talk about these types of things and gunshots. And one story I want to share with you real quick about the cancer journey, which is actually funny. And I want to give people something to laugh about here, but as, as the caretaker is the person where she said, will you help me? Right. Mm-hmm. And one of my first tasks, and she had hair longer than Lydia's. She was a, just a cute little tiny thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, will you help me go wig, wig shopping before my hair comes off? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, at that point I was in hundred percent. So we go to this wig shop and there's all kinds of wigs. And they said, here's what you put her hair in and tuck it up. And then you try on wigs. Cause I'd never done that before. Right. And I said, okay. And so she's standing there and you start from the back to the front and you probably already know this. Oh yes, I do. (laughs) All of her hair in, right. And it's all tucked in. And I go to pull that thing, which is like a hose over the top of her head. I was so nervous and so scared. I pulled it real hard and real fast. It was over her face. And she goes, <laughs> she said, her face is all smashed in. She goes, I'm not robbing a fucking bank. I'm getting a wig. Hilarious. <laughs> so, so you got to have a little comedy along the way, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so you're a comedian. So tell me some of that journey while you're yeah, going. Sure. Okay. Yeah. This is what's coming up to my mind. Okay. So <laughs> when you do chemo, you have the choice of having a port, right? Yeah. So they put it here. Okay. So my insurance refers me to, I'm not going to say the name, but I, it, it's Shidban. I call him Dr. Shidban. Okay. <laughs> it's very close to that. Okay. So we go with Heather with my, my friend, uh, and you know, we're at the office and the doctor comes in with a stack of papers and he's like, uh, okay. So do you need, uh, what do you need with your kidney done with your kidney? I'm like, look at each other like oh this motherfucker is gonna take my kidney out what and yes I do at least you need to know what part of what I'm doing no he was like he was ready to take my kidney I was like no I'm here for a port like (laughs) you have the wrong file oh my god this guy is not touching me so so I was like I had to wait to be referred to another doctor because you know, and for two chemos, I didn't have my port. I didn't care. They destroyed my arm, but it's okay. <laughs> Trying to, you know, I was like, I'm, from now on, I realized if I'm going to, I want my doctors to know what part to treat, you know, <laughs> most important part for a doctor. That's all I'm asking for. Just know for anatomy. Okay. What I'm there for. Oh my God. My kidney, my kidney put a restraining order against Dr. Shinban. <laughs> <laughs> my kidney was like, bitch, no. <laughs> no we're not going back oh to that God. office. Oh yeah. And then he called me. Like I was like, no, thanks. So yeah. wait, is your comedy journey? You all your comedy is coming out of this now. Are you doing comedy oh, based yeah. on your story? Oh yeah. I mix, you know, the old comedy with the new. I'm workshopping all my cancer um oh. comedy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but it's really important to tell people, you know, I started the the whole thing like, hey, in 2021, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Uh, you know, I went through surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, reconstruction, uh, but still that wasn't a, as bad as dating. Because <laughs> <laughs> I talk about my dating horror stories. So people are like, oh, okay, okay. And then I immediately tell them I'm cancer free because that frees them from the oh, she has cancer and she's oh. laughing. at. So it's like, I am cancer free now. So, you know, and they're all a plot and then I can do, 
you know, you know, I had a, a name, a cute little name for my tumor. What? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. That's, That's how he's known. The tumor was known. It, like, I, I told the doctors, oh yeah, I give names to everything. <laughs> they reconstructed my boob and they put like an 800 cc silicone implant under my pack. And then cadaver tissue around it. So I, I called the implant Tracy and the cadaver tissue Tommy because he's kind of like hugging her, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, the initials of my new boob are titty. Titty? <laughs> I was like, this is oh god, I didn't even realize I've done that. Oh, so that's this is funny. titty and this is big mama. Oh, honey. <laughs> You are so funny. Thank God for comedy. I was, I, I did an interview earlier where a comedian said to me, humor makes us remember things. People use tragedy and to shock you. And you remember that, but humor mm -hmm. is a better way to grab an audience actually to, to tell them a story. Absolutely. Well, they'll, they'll remember because it gives you hope. If you can laugh. Sometimes I walk down the street and I just smile at people. So they have hope that someone else is happy in this world. Absolutely. And when you tell people about your journey and how you overcame it, you know, it gives them hope. Yeah. I had, I had people, you know, contacted me when I came out of the cancer closet, because I was in the closet, only a few people knew. I had, you know, a young woman that I've known for a while, she has um, uterine cancer, and she was just diagnosed. And she contacted me like, you're my hero, you made it, you're on the other side, I want to be like you, it's just gave her hope. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I was like, if you want to, I gave you the tea about the whole treatment and what's coming. And so we talked for like an hour and a half on the phone and we're still in touch, you know, and, That's and great. It, if it helps one person, give yeah. them hope. like you can be like Lydia, you can be like Grace, you can be on the other side, like Darlene, like Darlene. Exactly. You can be on the other side and be better than ever. Not just be on the other side. Be well, Darlene best. actually went through a, a facial paralysis recently. I kept thinking about you the other day going, Bell's Darlene palsy. went through COVID. Then she lost, she had Bell's some palsy in her face oh. and she's fine. Look at her because oh she has this spiritual God. thing going on and she's mm -hmm. always going was, back to this higher yeah. power. I do. And that's what the doctors looked at me when I went in and they said, we don't know how you must've caught this really quick because ordinarily people have way more damage. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I knew when it was happening and it was just kind of like, go, go, go and do what I needed to do. And it was, but, but it's, but it is frightening. I mean, when something hits yeah. you that you're not They're coming for me, sorry. <laughs> What's that? What? They're coming for me. Can you hear the sirens? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lily bin. They're coming to take oh, wow. me away. Ha 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 ha. Remember that song? Yeah. Does anyone remember that? They're coming to take me away, ha ha he, he. to the funny farm. <laughs> to the funny farm, I remember that, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you, go ahead. You know, I guess, Lydia, when you say that, it's like, you know, there was like, like the Bible says you will be a new person in multiple places, it shows you that, right? Mm -hmm. And I swear to you, my life, like before 2004, I was a completely different person. And then at that point, when I decided to stop drinking, my life changed like immensely into all these good things, you know, and it's hard to explain that to somebody, you know, just like with you, your life was one way and you got cancer and it was like life interrupted, right? 
and you come out on the other side, a completely different person, but so much better. Yeah. So many more things. Freer, freer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. And people don't, people look at you and they're like, oh, I just can't picture my life without a drink or, oh, I just can't picture my life without a drug or I just can't believe that I would get through cancer. Well, those things, when they interrupt your life like that, it seems like tragedy at the moment. Yes. But then when you're through it and you look back, it's like, what took me so long? This is so great. Like Nemo, like like I left the cave. I'm out. There's one thing. There's one thing I want to say to everybody who's listening. And by the way, hi, Lenny. Hi, Chris. Hi, everyone out there. I I can't see all your names right now, but I did. I'm going to look through all the comments later. And um, I'll share them with Darlene and Grace. Um, It's not really that you have to do that much. This is what's so cool. I actually just simply surrendered that day and and the power came, lifted me up because I was willing to take that tiny step toward believing in something bigger, believing that it was possible, acting as if. In the Bible, it says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he'll lift you up out of your misery. Grace just actually took a choice of being grateful and watch what happened to her. I kind of think her healing happened because of her attitude. A hundred percent. I'm not saying that everybody who who has cancer will be healed simply if they are positive. It's not that it's no, but there is something about this, not worrying about it and really trusting trust this force of love that created this whole beautiful universe and trust that it's got a plan and that something good is going to happen and it will all. And I do believe there is no death. I really, I've had too much evidence of that, by the way, my brother came back to me visiting. I mean, this is really crazy. I hear you. No, no. The the veil is thinning. I heard. Yeah. Oh my God. My brother, the doorbell rang at midnight and no one was there when I was talking to my brother out loud two years ago, crying over his death. And I, and I went, Paul, I wish you could hear me. I wish I could get a sign from you. And the doorbell rang and there's nobody there. I looked up and I'm oh, like, oh, I knew, you know, it's like the bell ring. Yeah. But, but all those beautiful little magical things, I need those neon signs sometimes because of my immaturity. I need, other people don't need that evidence, but that's the fun of it. It's like a Disney world of magical, you can, it's a magic carpet ride when you Absolutely. choose to go with the flow and Yes, go with the flow. That and just make that choice and then take a leap of act as if because yes. you don't have to do that much work. Right, Darlene? It's not yes, that you have sure. to do all the work. The heavy lifting's that. already been done for you. That's I love right. that. Yes. Go with the flow is living in the now, isn't it? Yeah, living in the present. In the present. That's what we have. The past are memories and the future is imagination that you can go crazy imagining what's going to happen to you, right? Or if you have one foot in tomorrow and one foot in yesterday, you're pissing on today. Today, yes. exactly. So it's like, what's the point? But sometimes we do, our thoughts take us to the past or the present. So, you know, I, what I do, I don't know if this can help somebody, you know, I'm like, okay, the past is a memory. The future doesn't exist. Uh, it's, so I'm going to, I look at things here and I start, oh, thank you for my TV. Thank you for, I start being grateful about the stupidest things. Like, thank you for this table. Thank you for my laptop, you know, like, and that eyesight, right. It brings you back in the moment of now. One of the things that I heard, and I know it's not for me, but that I heard is tomorrow or yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. And today's a present. Yes. I love that. You know, so I kind of try to stay with that, you know, and I love that tomorrow's a mystery. Yeah. We we don't know what's coming. 
But if we know the creator, we know that all things will work together for good. So no matter what it is, it's going to be okay. We just have to get through that and have people like this, like what I'm looking at in the little boxes, little squares, (laughs) um, and just, and just know that there's positive people and that's who I want to be around. That's where I want to spend my time, you know, hundred percent. And, you know, I love that you said that everything works for, for good, right. For the Mm -hmm. highest good. Um, another thing I want to touch upon real quick is you know, when you face cancer, you think about death, right? You think I could die. And that's a fact, you know, it's not, it was stage three. So I don't know, I could die. So I decided to research near-death experiences and they all said the same thing that they go into this dimension of like just pure love and it's just wonderful. And and I, I had a cancer buddy, my friend, Marty, who was a comedian and he unfortunately passed away. Marty Ross, Marty Ross. I freaking love him. We were like boyfriend, girlfriend, platonic, you know, like we talked every day. Every day was good morning with like five hearts. If we didn't have five hearts, it's like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Aww. You know? And it was every single day for like a year and a half. Uh, we were each other's like strength and, um, he, we, him and I talked about death a lot and he was like, you know what? I'm ready. Cause his leukemia was pretty bad. Um, and, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready, but if I have to, I'll, you know, it's okay. I accept it. And he actually, because we had these conversations, he came to me twice in a dream to the point where came the first time. And I was like, Marty, what is he doing here? He was in Burbank at, at, at a bookstore. Don't ask. I have no idea. I, I went to another dimension. I don't know. <laughs> I sleep. And I was like, Marty, what's he doing here? And he was not talking to me. He was looking at me like, I'm still alive. And what I took from that, he did that twice. So I was ready because I thought it was real. When I woke up, I'm like, oh, I need to tell everyone, don't put RIP on his page because he's alive. I saw him in person. <laughs> And this is after he passed away, so to speak. Wow. So I was like, oh my God, you know, everybody's like, I'm like, no, he's alive. And I was like, oh my God, that was a dream. Okay. So I think that his message was like, you know what, Grace? I'm still alive. I did not really die. I'm still here. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. That was like the biggest confirmation that we don't die. Yeah, I know. Right. And well, I've heard that. Let me tell you something, Grace. Just I'll, I'll keep it short, but about my sister in law again. Five years after her passing, I was still crying, you know, because it was just so difficult for me. But on that fifth year, I had a dream. And I dreamed that she was, her head was there. She looked exactly like she did, but she was on a baby body that had wings and she was just flying everywhere. And she was taking me with her. This is in the dream. We were flying like a hundred miles an hour over mountains and oceans and all this kind of stuff. And she stopped like midair, her little wings were flapping and she goes, you have got to quit crying. And I said, but I can't, I said, I really miss you. She goes, but I'm here. She goes, you just can't see me. She goes, let me show you something. So she takes me and this is dreaming to my son's house that she was good friends with. And he was laying on the floor in the dream. She goes, watch what I do. So she goes over and she tickles his leg and he starts like rubbing his leg because he's watching TV. (laughs) But the next thing, so we're laughing. In the dream, we start laughing. She goes, watch this. And she goes over and pulls the hair on his legs. Now he takes his hat off. He's hitting his leg. 
and he, he, there's nothing there. Like he's looking and there's nothing there. I'm cracking up. So I wake up from this dream and I'm like, that was weird. So I wrote it down in my journal. It was six o'clock in the morning, five years to the day that she had died. I call my son at nine o'clock and I said, his name's Eric. I said, Eric, I'm going to ask you some really weird questions. I said, you're probably not going to know how to answer them, but let me ask you, have you ever been laying on your floor watching TV and felt like something was crawling on your leg? He's like, yeah, he goes, yes. And he goes, there was nothing there. He goes, I even took my hat off and hit my leg. (laughs) And wait a minute. And I said, I said, when did that happen? He goes, yesterday. Why are you asking? I was like, no. And I told him the dream and he says, okay, you're freaking me out. I'm going to go now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I never shed another tear because I know that I know. Because oh, you know, she's still alive. She's not dead. It's not our bodies just like stop yeah. functioning because our souls just leave the body. So the body cannot right. without the soul. Yeah. That's why self-healing is, is possible because the soul is the one that's kind of like making this alive. Isn't that the coolest she's thing? Alive. Oh God, Darlene. So cool. I've never heard that. Oh my God. That's, I love that. And so Grace- I- that's my God shots website. And that has so many of those things. They just come. And, and I, and I encourage anybody that's listening to this. If you've had God shots, send them to us, send yeah. them to Lydia and I, because we're trying to put a book together. I'm yeah. to God shot. In my initial idea of a God shot and I, Darlene and I have the same idea because we had them in, I heard them in a 12 step meeting, but my first one was such a coincidence. I went, that can't be that's not possible that someone else had my identical story. And then I started having so many of those. It was, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre. I mean, so many, you wouldn't believe it. Like the Martha's Vineyard. I was going to write a screenplay about that took place in Martha's Vineyard. And I went, I need information on Martha's Vineyard. I'm going to go to the libraries before the internet. And I went downstairs to my mailbox and a Martha's Vineyard information book was delivered to me. Now I've had a lot of these things. So many, I've hundreds, but mine come in that kind of weird way. Yeah. Also, there are glim- glimpses of beauty when, when you most need it. Mm-hmm. Like a butterfly came over and just like woke me up one day mm-hmm. and I started chasing butterflies and it led to an, an experience that was unbelievable. But my brother, when he died, just like these after death ones, there are different levels of these God shots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like you were saying, when my brother died 10 years after he died and he had a drug overdose. So he was, he only mm-hmm. tried heroin three times and he was a concert pianist and he was too wounded to live in this world. I was very fragile. His, he was always getting his feelings hurt. And and the hero, and, and so he, the drug addict, when they die, I don't know how long it takes to wake up, but 10 years after he died, I had this dream and it was a lucid dream where I could feel and touch him. And he was standing right in front of me, sparkling, like sparkling. And I said, you're alive. And he said, yeah. And he was beaming ear to ear with, hap- with happiness. And he said, I'm alive. Thank you for telling me that I wasn't going to die. And it was like, I touched him and I went, your heart is healed. He had such heartbreak when he died. And he told me, thank you for teaching me that I'm never going to die. It was just said all these things to me that I had told him right before he passed. And I found his body the day he died. And it was like something we couldn't get over. My mother couldn't get over. And I had to nurse them through this because I was newly sober and it strengthened my sobriety. It helped a lot of other people, but it was one of those lucid dreams where I now know there's no death. And then I started having visitations from him and I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but there's no denying these things are real. Of course not. 
you know? Absolutely. You're not crazy. You just can see some, some people are more open to being contacted by people who have passed on. I remember real quick, um, my great grandmother passed away and I was like maybe six years old or seven. And I woke up and my mother is like, I have some news for you. I said, I know Lala died, right? Because she came to me and said goodbye. Wow. I was like, what? And not only me, but my cousin had the same experience. So she came and said goodbye to us. Like, it's okay. I'm going to be gone. You'll be fine. And I wasn't sad or anything because she made me feel like, oh, wow. You know, it was okay. She was just leaving. So some people, you know, it's, it's, you have that power too, that the veil is thinning and you can just connect and you too, Darlene, you know, you can, sometimes I think it happens in our dreams, sometimes in reality when we're awake, but it just depends on the person, but well, that's, that's more real than this, to be (laughs) honest. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice having you on today, Grace. And um, if you could just tell us and the viewers, um, Tell us your books. You've got a couple books out there. Oh yeah. Got, yes. About breakups. I have love at first X. Uh, it sells on Amazon. <laughs> love at first X. Oh, yes. And I have the self-help ver- version, which is humorous, but I also have a comedic like parody about it, which is silly and goof- goofy. And then I have another one that um, is called the double life of grace. And that one was, we pitched it as a sitcom. You know, we, pitched to all the major networks and stuff and nothing happened <laughs> but, but I have yes. the book the intellectual property so okay oh, um, yeah so those are the three books and my website is gracecomedian.com easy to remember and state of grace the state of grace yes I love that nice. <laughs> and uh and yeah, social media is either grace fraga on twitter and the other ones are all grace fraga comedy so you can follow me and um, you know, if you have any questions or, you know, want to tell me anything, or you want to, you know, me to share my experiences about the treatment or whatever, I am open and there for you guys. And your nutrition and all of your ideas, all of this has to be, uh, if it's going to be on your website soon, maybe you could list your, your ideas about veganism and your nutrition. It's going to be oh, on good. the book. Look, oh, good. What my boyfriend cancer taught me. <laughs> My boyfriend can't. My three boobs is a chapter. He made it on the book. <laughs> That's great. Cancer, the ultimate narcissistic abuser. <laughs> wow. I love this. Fear of recurrence. This is a very real thing. You have a pimple and it's, it's cancer. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, okay. So this is cancer, not Baywatch. That comes from a friend of mine when I got my reconstructed boob was like, Oh girl, you totally inspired me to get my boobs done. I'm like, bitch, this is cancer, not Baywatch. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You are so funny. Where are you performing next? Um, I am actually headlining in San Diego next weekend, not this weekend, the next, March 18th. And I'm all over the place. If you every um, night. Do yeah. You have, do you have your list of, of where you're gonna be listed on your site, your website? I am just going back to like doing stand up, so I don't have that. But if you, um, you know, follow me on Instagram or um, uh, Facebook, actually is good. I post a lot of my stuff there. You can yeah. follow me, uh, Grace Fraga. I think it's Grace Fraga. Facebook.com slash Grace Fraga. I have it all. I'm going to post it and promote, and we're going to hey, post it to you. YouTube. Great. And I just love you. We love you so much. Thank you, you so much for coming on. 
Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It was very nice meeting you, Grace, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. It was great to meet you and great to see you, my angel. You're a walking miracle. You are, and you're such an inspiration, and we're so grateful. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you too, guys. Thank Thanks for joining, everyone. Stay tuned bye -bye. for the show later. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Can you shut us down, Maria? Yeah. <laughs>